<laughs> yeah. they, someone sat and watched it. Someone went to the theater and watched it. Now, I uh, I could already tell you that, it, you know, if I did my whole renting theater thing and I would have done that for Morpheus, I think I'd probably be madder at that than the Eternals. Oh, yeah. Oh, easily. What I've heard about this movie is that it does not make sense, as the story doesn't make sense. And, uh, but you know what? I... I gotta give it up to the director. He's been out doing all sorts of interviews, and of course, the what is what are they gonna ask him about? Hey, everyone! All the critics think this movie is garbage. What do you think? Huh? <laughs> Which must be a great, must be a great question to be asked about something you just put out in the world. Hey, this is this is stupid bullshit. What do you think? And did, you have to be he, like, did, uh, he, did he spin it? <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's been having. From what I read, he has a pretty good attitude about it. He's just like, it's not for everybody. You know what I mean? Oh, so, he's know. not sitting there going like, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, he's just like, I'm oh. I'm hypnotizing you, blah. It's Morbius the... is good. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but it's directed by Dracula. And uh, he is well, just like. Well, now that makes sense. That shit is dark as hell. He's like, look, the silence majority came out for this movie. It's the cancel culture. It's taking down the Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> the radical left is trying to cancel vampires. Because <laughs> oh uh, I would, I'd hella cancel them. Fuck vampires. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I feel like everybody would be on board with that. I don't know, man. There's too many people who like them vampires. I mean, I think you would like vampires until you were the, the one used you for food, and you'd be like, "Wait a minute, these guys suck." Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be this guy's Renfield. I didn't sign up for that. Eating bugs, being gross. Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Pop saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty live, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no live. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop saga. The year, 1989. A young, impressionable youth is watching KTH. You see, the lack of cable made for the you-get-what-you-get of TV entertainment back in the day. <laughs> On this faithful Sunday night, a new show emerged where he saw a man who was lost to time, featured hard-light constructs, really big cats, and even bigger spaceships. Little did this kid know that it would influence his comedy, taste in chips, and more importantly, the quest to try Chicken Vindaloo. Who was the child? John. The show? Red Dwarf. Who am I? Well, I'm the hard light man child, John. And as always, I'm joined by Forrest Lister, man not lost to time, just lost in the supermarket. <laughs> so true. How goes it? Lister, are you ready to <laughs> smoke me a kipper and be back for breakfast? Yeah, I mean all that stuff. I don't, I don't understand for a second, but uh, absolutely love me some kipper. <laughs> uh, ooh, you're not supposed to say that out loud anymore, dude. Oh, well, I better go stick it in my fanny pack. That was <laughs> sure. That that's get, close. Yeah, yep, that one will get explicit just over across the pond. Yeah. Oh, oh, he's talking about his fanny now, huh? Indeed. It seems oh. that fanny means something different over there. Scoopity doopity doo. Yeah, it wasn't that that show on CBS, The Fanny. The Fanny, yeah, sure. Mr. Sheffield. Uh, right. Oh, Fanny. <laughs> Right, and he talked kind of like Sean Connery or something. Like, where's the fanny? Yeah, sure, yeah, Sean Connery. It would be a very different show, I think, if Sean Connery was in it. 
Well, I said the guy sounded like Sean Carney. I knew they couldn't afford him back then. He was busy making Avengers, not Marvel. And, not the uh, one you remember. <laughs> yeah, and he was welcoming people to The Rock. Remember that? He was just like, come over here to Alcatraz. I'll show you how I escaped it. <laughs> right. First, you got to climb underneath here. Then, for some reason, there's a bunch of weird mining track shit. <laughs> Right, there's there's literally a, a uh, like a what is that um, wipeout? There's literally a wipeout obstacle course under Alcatraz. I did not know that. I didn't know that was a a part of running a prison. Me neither. Either that or like he stumbled into the most elaborate way to break out of the prison ever. Yeah, yeah see? how is that still going too? <laughs> like. I mean, it was just a a, a a tourist place by the point in that movie. And you're just like, why is the furnace still working down here? Why is it time so specifically? Why are why does there it work mining? like this? Yeah, who thought this up? What like, what uh, what Rube Goldbrick type of person thought this whole prison up? And then like, eh, Sean and- Connery will figure it out. Yep. And remember the whole thing was like the the sort of the thing that Nicolas Cage got at the end of that movie to make all of this like to saving the world basically or at least that saving San Francisco uh worthwhile was proof like some sort of proof about the Kennedy assassin- assassination that was on microfiche. Like what is he going to do with that? I mean, you'd have to really ask yourself what would, like, Nicolas Cage actually do with that information if it was Nicolas Cage who did it. <clears throat> if it was Nicolas Cage who did it, he would be like, I put it up on my wall. Ha ha ha. Come over and look at it. <laughs> so then I think you got the answer what Godspeed or whatever is. <laughs> oh, yes. In that movie would do. Pretty close. Stanley Goodspeed. Goodspeed, that's it. Yeah, Godspeed. You know what your name means. Yeah, that's right. Anyway. Yeah, he'd probably just slap that shit on his wall, too. Like, take a look at that. Pretty cool. Yeah, there was a fifth gunman on the grassy knoll. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I have a full set of samurai armor, and then look at this. Whoa. It's pretty dope, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about the rock here. We're talking about uh, a, a ship that would mine rocks in space. Is that what it does? <laughs> yeah, the Red Dwarf is a mining ship. Okay, because I only, to, for full disclosure, I've never seen a full episode of Red Dwarf before mm-hmm. uh, the other day. And so I watched the pilot mm-hmm. and this episode. Uh, because, I the you know, uh, you, you need to get kind of introduced to the characters, I guess. I think I probably could have just watched this episode and I would have got it, I think. <laughs> I think for the most part, there is... Um, well, I'm glad you did extra homework. Uh, Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, actually, it's funny. In the first season, I don't even think Crichton's introduced. Nope, he like, is he not. Doesn't, he doesn't. I think he shows up until the second season. It's portrayed and acted by someone else completely different. <laughs> really? And then they got a, they got Robert Llewellyn to be Crichton. And then um, in the spoiler, so we I had him watch a very specific episode. From season three called backwards and it's one of my favorite episodes so we're gonna try to get to the bottom of why we think it's my favorite episode but um in that giant star wars crawl that they had in this episode <laughs> yep. they talk about Crichton getting trying to learn how to drive smashing into a rock them having to rebuild him and rebuild his personality. So that's, <laughs> that's why he is the way he is now. Because <laughs> if a- you're unfamiliar with the episode, there is a really long Star Wars crawl that is like two words per line. <laughs> and it's like smushed and it goes by super fast. So you can't, re- can't read it unless you slow it down. Yeah, but it does say everything. Like, there's, <laughs> <laughs> it does say everything. There's nothing in there that isn't missing. But yeah. Because this so, is the first episode of the third series. That is correct. Or, you know, season. Like, we'd we'd equate it to season three out here. But over think, across the pond, they call it a series. Yeah, that was the thing that always weirded me out. Like, the, the difference between 
like British television and then like US televisions, you know, like we'd get like 26 episodes or something. They're like, we had a quality season. Oh, how many? Six. Yep. You're like, that's it, huh? Oh, it was a real expensive slog this time. Six whole episodes. That'll tide you over for like five years. Right. I'm just like, how do you make work money now? How do you live life? Oh, that's why you're on so many shows on the BBC. That's why they're working like the comedy circuits. They're doing everything. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You know, you got to do what you got to do. But yeah, no, this is... uh, I mean, there's no, like the intro says it. That is kind of my origin story with Red Dwarf. We were just, you know, Sunday nights on KTH out here in the Bay Area, which is a, I think it's not even KTH anymore. I think it's KQEH down there in like San Jose. Would show science fiction, usually British science fiction shows on Sundays and Doctor Who was the big one. That's what I used that's how I used to watch old school Doctor Who. Or, you know, Space nineteen ninety nine or Blake Seven. And then one day they just had Red Dwarf on. And I mean, I thought it was so ridiculous that like I wanted more and more and more. And so every time it was on or they do a pledge drive, I'd sit and watch it. But the show is just, for me, it just so, it, it does hit a very interesting nostalgia spot that not a lot of people have. So you said you've never watched it before. What is, what are they like, what did you know about it before you watched these episodes? Well, uh, if sort of from the references of general pop culture, I knew... I knew what the main cast looked like. I knew there was a person with an H and someone I assumed was a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. And then, uh, and then, uh, like what was fairly obviously an Android. And of course I knew what all the ships looked like. Cause I've, I've looked up any show I haven't seen. I probably know what the ships look like, uh, because I just like looking at spaceships. So I knew that much and I knew it was a comedy and I knew it was from, uh, uh, foggy old London town, uh, from the UK. So that was about it. I had never, and aside from seeing like brief clips or gifs or whatever, I had never sat down and watched an entire episode ever. Okay, okay. And here's the main question: never wanted to, or never had the opportunity to. Uh, well, I mean, here's the thing, I. I'm surprised that I haven't seen it because growing up, I didn't, you know, we didn't get cable for the longest time when I was a kid. That's why I have such a big, like, pop culture gap, especially in the early 80s. But uh, we would watch, like, PBS, you know, public whatever, all the time. And that had all sorts of BBC programming on it. And uh, maybe it was just because my mom was like a, so my dad was like a Star Trek fan. And then my mom wa- liked watching uh, those uh, Sherlock Holmes from the BBC. Oh, I love those. Yeah, oh, those are great, I right? Oh, man. Yeah, I used to watch those all the time. Maybe we should do one of those one of these days. But uh, we, we should. We should watch the one where Sherlock Holmes isn't in it, where it's his brother. Mycroft. Mycroft. Mm-hmm. And he just shows up at the end. Oh, spoilers. Anyway, he shows up at the end. He looks like a fucking vampire, too. And he's, this Sherlock does. And he's just like. Well done, brother. And you're just like, what? What is this episode? And then it just ends, and you're like, oh no, Sherlock's a vampire. <laughs> oh, it does sound good. Yeah, uh, I don't good. remember that episode specifically, but I would like to watch it again. But anyway, I think, I think it's my I, brother's a vampire. Anyway, okay, cool. <laughs> I don't know if this is the same show, but that's fine. Um, but uh, at that, we would watch that, and then we would also watch, um, uh, I the name is escaping me, but they had, like, a mystery show. It was, like, a general, like, mystery show that was on. So I watched a lot of, like, period pieces, mysteries, and Star Trek, and just never, didn't get early Doctor Who, didn't get early, uh, and didn't get any Red Dwarf. And then as I grew up, I was just like, whatever. Like, I got Star Wars, what do I care about this crap? You were way past it by that point. I just, yeah. It seemed like something that was interesting that a lot of people were really into, 
But I was just like, I don't know. I mean, because for us, when we were younger, at least, or like when I would have maybe been more malleable and sort of open to it, getting it was expensive. Like, you just, it cost money to to get it. I guess I could have probably <laughs> rented it for a library, but that's never been my style. Going into a place with books? No, thank you. Yeah, I used to do it on because again, that was another thing I used to do all the time. We used to do as when I was a kid was go rent things for the library because of course it is free and they had videotapes way back in the day. But again, no red dwarf. You think it would I would be like, "Oh, spice ships." <laughs> that's that's why I find it really surprising that you never like went out of your way to track it down. Not saying that this is like high comedy or the the greatest of sci-fi anything i understand its limits and stuff but like in terms of yeah spaceships and all that i'm surprised you didn't like what is this mining ship called red dwarf <laughs> well i mean i i have a big a pretty big uh blind spot for like space 1999 too i haven't really seen it it's much of that. fine you're fine okay <laughs> thank god you're fine. I mean the look, the date has passed and we're still not up there. So we good. We good. You're good. <laughs> you know, still, you know, it's living on no moon base. You're fine. Okay. <laughs> cool. I won't tell nobody if you go. Okay, good. Oh, thank God. I mean, I don't know. It's just like I said, it was just it's one of those things that just kind of like I don't know, I feel like this is one of those shows that just submits itself into your brain pan when you get the chance to see it. And, yeah, um, and here, like, check this out. What's even weirder is that I did somehow see the Thunderbirds. I mean, I guess it's, like, dolls and stuff, and that's kind of like if you're a kid, you're just like, cool, <laughs> marionette's fun. But I don't know. I, this, this seems like it would have been more my speed uh, before Thunderbirds. I liked Monty Python. I like British humor. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What a weird, uh, what a weird omission. I mean, it is weird. I also find it weird though that you're like, "Hey, Thunderbirds!" When I saw that, those marionettes were enough to make me go like, "I'm not watching this." Well, like, again, again, to your point, to back up what you said, how weird it was that I hadn't seen this other thing because it had spaceships in it. Uh, with Thunderbirds, I was just like, "Show me the ships," and then they would like do the stuff with the actually marionettes. So like, oh, I mean, just go back to the. You guys gotta fly somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> need to travel (laughs) please travel somewhere (laughs) stop staring at me with your soulless eyes i can hear your mouths clacking (laughs) quick get to the jets not yet wait god damn it (laughs) you're so close i mean that'd be i mean fair to be fair though it did Mm. increase my enjoyment of uh team america world police yeah, but that's like in like an ironic way, right? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, of okay. Course. Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe you were just like this. Maybe really did enjoy Thunderbirds afterwards. <laughs> and Bill Paxton in the, the live action movie, I think it was great. Well, I mean, I'll tell you this much: I was I watched enough Thunderbirds to be disappointed in the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just no. like, no. He's just like. <laughs> They're not even in it. Who are these kids? Oh, jeez. Jeez, oh, please, oh. Anyway, we're not talking about Thunderbirds, although I, maybe we should after this. But. I mean, if you want a good solid 60 minutes of me ragging on something, which, you know, everyone's kind of come to expect, then yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Thunderbirds is on the menu somewhere. Yep. I mean, what another great topical reference by the Pop Song. <laughs> Well, I felt like Red Dwarf was important. Um, I've, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, more important just... than this. I, more, uh, sorry, not this, but Thunderbirds. <laughs> well, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, because it's Thunderbirds. Mm-hmm. But, ugh. all right, anyway, enough of creepy marionettes. So, we watched um, season or series three, episode one, which is titled Backwards. Um and so you watch the pilot to kind of get you a primer. So mm-hmm. you kind of, so though you saw the characters before, maybe now you kind of got a sense of why he has an H on his forehead. 
Yeah, I mean, it's actually pretty important to set that up for this show, just to understand why some of the things he does are funny. I think you need to know he's a hologram. Also, I think getting any context for Cat is very important for the humor. Uh, because they don't really they don't really go into it uh, in this next episode. So I would have just assumed, I would still be like, hey, that vampire John is pretty cool. <laughs> What's his story all about? If I had watched that first episode. That being said, the first episode I don't. I, I think it's good to watch, but I. It's not the best example of how funny the show could be because the first episode was a little bit of a. Sl- I was watching that. I got. I got done with the first episode and I'm like, oh mm-hmm. shit, oh no, oh I'm gonna hate this. <laughs> this is not gonna be a fun episode. Uh, and not to give anything away, but then I watched the the one you actually recommended, and I was like, "Oh shit, this is uh, actually different than I thought." But uh, that first episode is a little bit of a slog, but it's like any any it, pilot, I think. I think it's not only like any pilot, but it's also kind of indicative of the times. Sure, where, yeah. You know, sometimes you know, sometimes it's you know, they all can't be like. Street Hawk, right? Where the first episode just gets you. You're just like, I'm Street in it. Street Hawk. I'm in it forever. You know, yeah. like, they all can't be that. Sometimes, you know, it takes a little bit. And it's funny. I mean, I enjoy, um, I just call them seasons one and two. Um, they're fairly funny, but you could tell they're definitely uh, getting their, uh, their, their uh, space legs underneath them yep <laughs> that's a good way of putting it season three um had a lot of departure from season one and two which was still comedy but i mean if you really think about lister's predicament it's yeah. one of the saddest damn things in the world uh well, just yeah for, he had a plan he had a whole plan he had all this stuff figured out too bad he was six million years too late he was, you know, he was gonna have a farm in Fiji. <laughs> hey, man, I, I enjoy the water. Makes sense. That part was funny for the, uh, I mean, not to say, I wasn't trying to bag on the pilot, but it has lots of funny parts, but the part from the pilot where he was like, uh, talking about like his cat and he was like it's contraband of course and he's not supposed to have it on the ship and he's just like oh, oh but the cat's pregnant and we're gonna move to Fiji and have like <laughs> it sounds like he's gonna run away with the cat and then like it's his cat babies or something oh, that part was really good <laughs> not to mention the the character or the sorry the guy who plays Lister whose name is is escaping me at the moment it's craig charles craig charles is so instantly endearing and likable like you feel even though like it's a really funny show you feel for his predicament and he really acts the shit out of like the moments where lister realizes kind of like how far away he is from what he wanted like from everything like even the time that he knows uh, just just for those who are uninitiated, Lister is the last surviving member of the uh, mining ship Red Dwarf that went into stasis lockdown um, because he brought. <laughs> yeah, as a punishment on. for the cat coming on board. He brings this cat on board, he gets locked down, then something happens. And all of a sudden, he wakes up, and he's the only one that survived. And, I mean, this thing has been going around for six million years. So he's, like, six million years away from time. And his only friend, quote, or his only friends, I should say, are uh, Holly, which is the uh, the ship's AI, Cat, uh, which is a descendant from his cat that he brought on board it's cat baby so try to figure that one out yeah it evolved over millions of years just like they explained it they're like humans came from uh humans came from monkeys uh he came from a cat it's like it turns it it evolves into a humanoid 
That's yeah. that's also very funny. And you know, and Cat is hilarious, and he does kind of dress like a vampire. Not gonna lie there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he kind of does. Yeah. Uh, but I do love that he is like a just a n- unflinchingly obvious uh, combination of Little Richard and James Brown, just together in one character. And Danny John Jules plays the shit out of that. When he's, when he's going around, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. Every time I will walk around my house now, if I see someone eating like a donut, I'll go, that's mine. Because <laughs> I wish I was cool as cat. And then for him to maintain his sanity, Holly produced a hard light construct or hard light uh, hologram of like the one person who would be closest to Lister and Rimmer as played by Chris Berry but Rimmer is an insufferable jackass like he's like the prototyped Sheldon if he wasn't also like smart yeah I, I don't get that part I don't <laughs> what Sheldon are you talking about is this a Sheldon big from yeah, yeah, I don't like that show. So I just, oh, okay. and I don't like that character. So I, I don't figured, get that reference. I've never seen the show. But uh, I, he's the, reminds me of someone. Every time you ever walk into a room and you see a bit of a TV show, and you go, okay, that's enough. So that's how I've seen Big Bang Theory. <laughs> as it. I've walked through it, I'm like, okay, I don't like this guy. I don't know who he is, but I don't like him. And that's kind of how rumor comes off. Yeah, he's an, he is a kind of like a stuff shirt. He is just like a pedantic, uh, sort of sniveling uh, snitch. You know, I mean, he's like he's trying. He's constantly taking. At least in the the pilot, he's constantly taking. When he's alive, of course, uh, he's constantly taking notes about, uh, uh about um, oh, his name just escaped me. Lister. Lister, of course. Rimmer and Lister. <laughs> but. Mean. River's always taking notes, of, like all the infractions he, you know, and reports that he does against Lister. Uh, he's like a really unlikable, insufferable character. It is funny in the uh, pilot when he tries to write uh, all of the answers over all of his different limbs, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then he immediately like rubs it off when he's ta- taking the actual test, and he just puts a handprint on it of the test and signs it. <laughs> <laughs> does a salute and passes out. So that's it, like that's the the only kind of redeeming quality of the character is that he is like dumb and but driven. And then from I understand from the the pilot that the ship can only run run uh, one hologram at a time. Yes. And because they have that whole thing <laughs> where they have the funeral for one of the crew. And then they're like, like ten minutes later, it's like now the welcome party for that same crew member, uh, because he's coming right back as a hologram. So that means like, for, uh, so you know more about the series than I do. You say that it's they specifically brought back, basically Lister's roommate. Effectively, Uh, like the one person who had the best psychological match for Lister. So he wouldn't go crazy in space by himself. Right. Rimmer, Rimmer was the choice. And I should clarify. So the H on his forehead means hologram. Eventually he becomes a hard light hologram. Okay, so he can actually... So the the whole hilarious joke where he falls through things is uh, is the, they finally are like, okay, we have to stop spending money on this effect. <laughs> <laughs> exactly because yeah. oddly oddly enough the rumor mill has it that for like one since red dwarf was filmed in there or, or by bbc's light entertainment department uh-huh. it, it had a bigger budget than like doctor who so the rumor obviously i'd have to look this up the rumor was that for one episode of red dwarf would be like the whole season of Doctor Who. I don't doubt Just... it. I don't doubt it. I mean, these are like old ass episodes of TV, and they do some pretty impressive effects. 
Yeah, but I'm pretty sure the first thing they were like, can you stop having them fall through shit or walking through things? Like, yeah, we, we have to do a whole we, fucking thing, you guys. We could save a few bucks if you cut that out. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll just make them hard light. So I think in um, season two, he's made a hard light. Hologram. Yeah, he definitely, that's one kind of missing piece of the puzzle is that he definitely, beha- he has different abilities in the uh in the, the episode that i saw him in and as well as a different h i suppose yeah. to to signify that change well so that no that was partly just a change because they um changed some designers as well so between season two season three they changed up a lot of things so like you got to see the original intro which is a uh, lister painting red dwarf on the side of the ship yep as part of fun and that was craig charles in the suit doing the painting that's fun as that um which had kind of oh i think it's great like it told you it it said so much without knowing what the hell you were getting into you're like oh okay this guy's job sucks (laughs) yeah i don't want that job um more somber you know start to the music like a more traditional sci-fi almost sounding like Oh, definitely. Intro ramp up. And then you get to season three, and they're like, sitcom time. Yeah. <laughs> it just starts with a, a literal parody of Star Wars. Exactly. Like, they were just like, we're getting into it. There's too much to explain. If you want to read The Crawl, good luck. It's not like people are going to freeze this on their VHSs and, you know, stop every fucking half a second to read what was on The Crawl. Yeah, they, but, they couldn't know the future when we would be dissecting their every step exactly now i know what everything that says but strangely enough i did not bother to uh jot it down because i didn't care that much um and then they kind of uh started up with an upbeat version of their theme song so i don't mm-hmm. know if you stuck around to watch the credits at all oh yeah i that that theme song was instantly hilarious and, and iconic <laughs> <laughs> all right, perfect. So, but see, they kind of brought that all in there, and one of the changes was in Lister's wear. It's where he's wearing the more leather and stuff like that. And for Rimmer, yeah, he got like a holographic foil H. Yep. So it, <laughs> yep. it definitely has a little, uh, little, little extra touch. A little to rainbow it. tape put on a little, there. Little zhuzh, little zhuzh. And then, like I said, Crichton totally <laughs> just he went from like. Uh, British, British guy to uh, Robert Llewellyn, who plays Crichton Onward, was told to act like he was Canadian. (laughs) So that's why you kind of get what you get with Crichton. Oh, man. He he reminded me very much of uh, Herman Munster. Very good. That's a very good pickup, because that was also part of his, like, the ass from, I think, Doug Naylor. Um, was just like, you know, kind of make him like Herman from, uh, the, you know, the monsters. That's and so funny. He, I, I kind of can't, I, I can't wait to go back and watch season two Crichton because I just adored this version of Crichton. I'm surprised and a little disappointed to see, to hear that he wasn't the original. No, no. In fact, if you, I think it's season two, episode one introduces Crichton, um, and it's a good episode, and he looks similar-esque, but it is not the it's not the Crichton that you learn to love, <laughs> and you know, because this Crichton, oh my God, cracks me up. And the so, all right, we gave the purview. The whole premise of the episode starts out with Crichton getting a driving lesson from Rimmer uh, by piloting Starbug. This is the first appearance of Starbug. It's a really cool green ship that I dig deeply. Kind of has almost like a, a Klingon bird of prey from the movies vibe to it. If it was just made of spheres, nothing but little spheres. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Klingon bird of play, uh, prey balloon animal. Yeah, which I like. I like it. And um, as they're going... <laughs> Uh, through this driving lesson, they discovered uh, they found a time hole. And uh, <laughs> yep, the time they, went, hole. they went through it. 
and they discover, uh, Crichton and Rimmer do, that time is running backwards on this uh, earth they found. And that's the premise of the whole episode. Yeah, and they go, they when they go through the time hole, which I love that scene right before the time hole, where because uh, they're going they're doing the driver's test for Crichton mm-hmm. and Rimmer is just naming off different like because uh, like he's going th- uh, Crichton's going through like a little flip cards of different basically just different st- space street signs <laughs> and he gets to one that is like uh, that is, you know is we the viewer can't see it but he's like oh it's a time hole and Rimmer just like tears into him he's like no it, you know there's no way it's that it can't it doesn't look like that at all and then he looks up and he goes that's a time hole <laughs> <sighs> and they go Sorry. all the way because apparently the, they explain it by saying like each uh action has an equal and opposite reaction and this is like the reaction to the big bang it's the big crunch and this is sort of so they've gone so far far forward in time that now it's the same timeline except going backwards. It's a thinker. Yeah, it's, it's right. a thinker. Yeah. I tr- I try to remember because this time hole might have been because of them going through time before. Oh, and really? In an earlier season, like in season two, I think, and then that jack up time and that might be why the time hole is out there yeah i wouldn't put it past the show to have that kind of inter- uh, connectivity i mean you know the the one thing about this show and i think this episode actually perfectly uh illustrates it is that they're in it for the long haul yeah it's definitely like they have it seems like they have a long game or they're like slowly developing these characters in a way that is really interesting while also being very funny. Um, I especially liked in this first part, the whole, like this, the several times they do the, the not all uh, gag. Cause they're mm-hmm. seeing, cause not only is time running backwards in this, in this time period, but everything is reversed. Like all the, the, the text. Exactly. And but people live as though reversed is the right. You know what I mean? Like they are, they are experiencing forward time in, but they're just going backward, doing everything backwards. Right? Does that? Right? <laughs> no, of? that's a, no. Does that's that exactly sense? it. <laughs> you know. So instead of like, you know, eating a burger, you're taking the burger out of your mouth. There is a lot of those gags in this, and they are gross every time. Yeah, right? Fucking gross. Like, super foul. Or, like, drinking something and just spitting that all back up into a cup. Oh, the beer. Yeah. Oh, the beer. Yeah, yeah. Because you know it's all warm, too. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's warm beer. You know it is. Um, oh, yeah. that's. I love how uncomfortable half of these, uh, like, backwards like moments are just trying to illustrate how weird it is um so needless to say after uh, lister and the cat have a whole conversation about the flintstones about whether uh, uh Wilmo is attractiveness or attractive or not oh my god um, i love that that part of the start of the episode where they're just laying in bunk and talking about the the like how they're both attracted to wilba yeah, well, I, you gotta love fucking yeah. Was this like cat going? I think in all probability, Wilma Flintstone is the most desirable woman who ever lived. And then when they ask about Betty, and cat's like Betty Rubble. Well, I would go with Betty, but I'd be thinking of Wilma. <laughs> the whole thing about them, like they're like, why are we talking about this? Like, she would go back to Fred or whatever. <laughs> She'll never leave Fred. She'll never really. leave Fred. We do know. <laughs> oh, that was so good. And it, it, to your point, I mean, it's, it does kind of drive home how lowly this character is, too. But uh, it, 
it's like every so it's funny like well not funny haha but <laughs> like you you kind of mentioned like there is growth with these characters and as you keep watching they keep growing um you know just they never stay time box you know it's not like every ep every episode is like its own like uh I, i'm forgetting the terms i shouldn't have drank that uh uh vodka mule uh, uh -oh. that's my my bad Ooh. Yeah, everything's not time, you know, not everything's not like this is 30 minutes and this is it. And then the next episode happens and everything that happened in the previous one never happened. No, these characters experience all of that. That's like the whole, that's part of the long, uh, part of this. But like when you start getting into like season six, those are some of the best, I think, TV episodes I've ever seen. Not just comedy, but like how weird and outside the box they kind of get with a lot of this thinking i guarantee you, watch if you're able to get up to season six watch episode one of that and yeah just, well i've got brit box for the next week so well you better get to watching there's 70 like six episodes so <laughs> get to it i think they're like season or series 13 or something anyway the whole <laughs> thing is you see like the sadness that just kind of exists just naturally within like Lister's outside of his dream of opening a farm on Fiji with his cats and stuff. But you know, like there's just always this eternal sadness. So even this like conversation about like Flintstone characters just had me dying. Cause just how casual it was at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean like, and, and, the sort of chemistry and interplay between him and Kat was like, uh, I don't know, it was like really going from the first episode right to that was like a, just a, a really kind of like turns the whole thing on its head. It's crazy how it evolves and how their humor evolves. But uh, yeah, just ha that, that scene's fantastic. Love it. Yeah. And so um, Lister and Kat are made aware that uh, Rimmer and Crichton went into the time hole so they proceed to go after them um, themselves and they don't pick up that this world's uh running backwards they just think they're like in bulgaria yeah <laughs> right oh man because like because uh, lister said that his his like best uh subject in school was geography uh, so of course they're in, uh, Noldal, uh, Bulgaria. <laughs> He's like, I don't speak Bulgarian. <laughs> <laughs> he just puts, he ends up just putting ski on the end of everything that he says. <laughs> I mean, I guess any port to storm. Yeah. But... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, no. I was just saying, uh, I was just totally agreeing with you. It's just funny that they they don't question really anything uh, before a certain amount of time. And weird, such weird shit happens that they're just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, I mean, like him coming from underneath the water because that's where Starbuck crashed. Yep. <laughs> He's just walking out of reverse. He's just He's like, just... you're dry. He's like, oh, cool. All right. Or when they see the tandem bicycle. Yeah, they can't. They literally can't write it forwards. It doesn't make sense, even in like the fiction of the show. But it's just delightful, and they're just like, the, I, I don't know how to ride a Bulgarian bike or whatever he says. I think, I think it finally dawned on them that they, everything was going backwards. Eventually, I mean, after um, they talk to the guy, the guy who comes out of his van and he's speaking backwards, and they're like, "Oh, thanks for the ride, ski." I mean, they got it eventually. Yeah, they did. I mean, that's also my favorite part is, right? They finally introduced Crichton, so now Rimmer has someone else to play off to. Because it's almost like two, like, if you were to have, like, you know, the funny guy and the straight, you know, the, the, the straight man. It's like having two straight men with each other in that. <laughs> but it's still hilarious while you just have, you know, chaos with Lister and Cat. Um. But the reason why I'm skipping through this because this episode is more sight gags than anything. 
Yeah, but it's a ton of like. There's a ton of backwards. Isn't this funny because it's backwards? Uh, footage in this, and I don't blame them because the stuff they have to like pretend is backwards, but it's really forwards. Man, that seems like it sucks for the actors. Oh, I know, but also it like even the stuff they do film is almost like an uncomfortable length. Like yeah. when that one woman's was like, I don't know, eating a, 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 a fucking like a, a oh the eclair, the eclair, yeah, yeah. uneating oh. the eclair. That's so oh. fucking gross. You know, and like you can also tell that like the direction was like, open your mouth, like really be chewing. So it's like even more emphasized that you see this eclair forming out of her. Get the cream everywhere. Yeah, so fucking gross. Um, but it culminates to them finding Crichton and Rimmer at a a cafe bar with a, a small stage. Yeah, it's like, it's like a bar with a really small stage. You know, and the, uh, Crichton and Rimmer have billed themselves as the reverse brothers. <laughs> It, they do everything normal like we we would be used to so like eating an egg to drinking water and everyone loses their fucking minds yeah they cannot understand how they're doing it they just and it's the silliest damn thing you ever see the planet but i i would just knowing rimmer that's exactly what he would do He's like, I'm going to make the smallest amount of money I can <laughs> by doing this. Um, so then uh, Lister and, you know, Kat, they watch the whole thing. They don't understand why everyone thinks it's so funny. They finally talk to um, uh, Rimmer and Crichton about this, about like, hey, okay, it's time to go. And, of course, they don't want to leave because, you know, to – like rumors like things make here more sense like your th or things make more sense here there's no mm -hmm. death it's like you start off dead you have a funeral then you come to life and then you benjamin brutton it yourself a little bit you get younger and younger to you become a newborn maybe then you go back inside your mom who goes back inside her mother and so on eventually <laughs> you all become one glorious whole <laughs> that was so Oh, that was so fun. I think Lister's point here is like really good. He's, he's just like, it's only a little while and I have to go through puberty again. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm In reverse? Yeah. I'll be 15. I'll have to go through puberty again? Backwards? Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> would suck. I, I, I get it. I think it makes a lot of sense. And then, like, you know, even Crichton's trying to make it say, well, look, the Second World War will start backwards. Yeah, it's like a, a war is a glorious thing because, like, a but like, you know, thousands of people come back to life. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, like, you kind of go like, mm, it makes sense. Or even when they were talking about how they got mugged and someone gave him $50. Yeah, they forced it into his pocket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is uh, freaking hilarious. Uh, the, I mean, all the backwards gags are pretty darn good. Pretty revolutionary for the time. I, so I mean, it's kind of a, yeah. absolutely. It's kind of a gag, but at the same time, like it had to. You must have had to plan it a lot. It must have taken a lot of planning, and like uh, careful writing to get this to work. I I a hundred percent agree. And um, there's a bar brawl, but everything that was not broken because everything was fine becomes broken, then not broken again. This one always confused me. Like, what we've saw the broken everything when they were in there. Yeah. <laughs> when they move forward, like the rules about when they can move forward when everyone is moving in reverse and when they can't is is pretty funny. Because, especially since... The, there's a through line to the episode, and that's that Lister, when he lands on this planet, 
Mm. Suddenly his eye hurts and his he feels like he has a cracked rib. And that's at the they tell you that at pretty much the start of the episode. Now, I think once you get kind of a hint of like where this episode's going, you're like, okay, when is he getting into a fight? <laughs> it's kind of telegraphed early on. Mm-hmm. But to your point, like, what are the rules? Because when, you know, when Rimmer and Crichton landed, they had, uh, like, they didn't have this reverse brothers uh, show already. They didn't have the costumes that are like, like, at some point, time was flowing forward for them, but with Lister, he lands and he already has been in the fight that he will get in later. There's a, a tricky little bit of like predetermination that happens in the episode. That, like if you think about too hard, kind of falls apart. But then you're like you're watching Red Dwarf, so maybe if you're thinking too hard, maybe you just need to calm down. <laughs> Yeah, you need to stop. You need to slow your roll for a little bit. <laughs> Maybe you just need to kind of chill out. Yeah, this isn't one of them thinkers. Like, this is just accepted. Um, I mean, that's true, right? He even goes through the window. Yeah, because like, his back hurts, so he's like, oh, no, great, this is going to happen. Because it literally sucks the injury out of him, you know? And uh, they're just so grateful it happened. Yeah, I don't know. I feel pretty good if I like woke up and my knees were the age when they were 25. I'll take that right now. <laughs> yeah. <creaky> things. <laughs> well, I mean, it, based on this episode, it would have had to have happened in a barroom brawl. So if any yeah, any injury outside of that, I think you're out of luck. Boo! Yep. Natural injuries, boo! Natural injuries, I'll get you! But um, let's see. So the the bar brawl happens, and they're like, "Okay, we got to get out of here." And as they're leaving, um, you know, they're getting into Starbuck, which has a chameleon circuit. It's you know, it's it's invisible; you can't see it. Mm-hmm. And they're just waiting for Cat. And Who, then uh, who's in the bushes? Who's in the bushes? <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I mean, as soon as they said that, as soon as they said he's in the bushes, like, you know the rules of the world, and so do I. And uh, you, like, you're like, oh, no. Poop's going to go into the guy. <laughs> There's poop over there on the ground. It's going to go up into the guy. <laughs> And that's what happens. <laughs> the look on his face. Yeah. It really did happen. And like I love how they make his hair stand on end. <laughs> Sorry, this gets me every fucking time. <laughs> so yeah. Poop goes back into cat and cat Don't gets up and ha- ask. <laughs> Don't ask, but in the way he's walking too, he's got that waddle like. <laughs> God, how I mean, not to be too blue, but when you relieve yourself and it's a big bit of you know, and it's a big deal, let's just say, you know, like you feel great. Imagine that in reverse. Imagine going like feeling terrible. Oh no. No way, that'd be the end of it. I'd go right back into that water. That'd be the end of me to have uh, to have it happen to reverse like that. Yep. No. No, I'm trying to say goodbye to everybody. Not hello, you know. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, that's, that, part, that part was funny. Um, and, I mean, that was the end of the episode. And that is literally it. And they're like, ah, oh, boy. You, I mean, you could see both uh, Lister and Rimmer trying not to laugh. Yeah. Like, they have smirks on their face after it because it was just like, oh, oh I get it now. Maybe they weren't ever really reading the script until well, he showed up or something. Here's the thing. It's you know, like, they, it. I don't know how long it was. Because it seemed like when, um, 
when Lister and Cat were looking for uh, Rimmer and Crichton, they it seemed like they had been looking a lot. And then when they eventually find uh, Rimmer and Crichton, they have like acclimated to this weird backwards thing, and they have their own show. They have costumes and all this stuff. So you have to imagine at least 24 hours have passed in, in the from the perspective of um, Rimmer and Crichton. So what I'm saying is that little knowing nod. I know Rimmer is a hard like hologram, but let's just pretend for a second that he has to go to the bathroom. <laughs> sure. And uh, he has to relieve himself somehow. I'm just saying maybe it's a knowing nod. Maybe he's just like, I've reverse. Hey, I've been there. I reverse poop too. <laughs> it's weird. But you know what? You get used to it. Because eventually, you know, that just. Uh, eventually, it just turns, I guess, into stomach. Your stomach gets full weirdly. And then, <laughs> and then it turns into an eclair. And then you have to run to the restaurant to go uh to go reconstitute spaghetti from your mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I mean that's why Kat says he has to leave. He's just like this t- this place is just too gross. I mean, I don't blame him. Nope. <laughs> After that I wouldn't blame anybody. <laughs> Especially like like you know, I'm, I'm from there. You come visit me for us, and you're like, okay, you know, whatever. I'm talking backwards and great camaraderie and all that stuff. Then you go, oh, something's going on. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you were like, you know, you go to the bathroom. Maybe stuff goes up the toilet, or maybe you, you know, poop outside like you do. I don't know. And then it happens, and you're like, I must leave now. I'd be like, oh, I understand. Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, thank you first for understanding, but think mm-hmm. about it, like, how, if you weren't used to it, what a horror show that would be if you were in an actual bathroom, because you would go, the, 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 you know, the receptacle would be clear, you would sit down, and all of a sudden, a horrible flushing, <laughs> and then... <laughs> Well, I mean, you might know it's messy, especially if you go in there like, oh, no. Bacon stains. Sure, yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. And then you have to the sit precursor. in that because that's you. That came from you. Yeah, well, definitely, I think if you weren't used to it, there would be a moment where you would have some sort of recognition uh, of the stench, and you're like, that's the inside. Something so familiar about this, and then you sit down, you hear the horrible flushing, and what comes next is indescribable. <laughs> but just, I'm sure it's just like a hot tip. You just gotta get used to it. That's it. Well, now that was Red Dwarf, but more importantly, that was Red Dwarf's backwards. So. After watching the pilot and then watching this episode, what's your thoughts on Red Dwarf? Uh, so like I said earlier, uh, when it was just the pilot, I was a little bit sus. I was thought I was going to come in here and just be like, oh, man, I have to at least pretend like I like it. Uh, not to be too mean, but then eventually be like, mm, not so great. You know, like that, uh, like the Spider-Man and his amazing friends episode. <laughs> Could have been a sequel no. of... The sequel that to that. The, no, that was the greatest damn episode ever. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, but uh, but I uh, I really thought it was super funny. I thought uh, backwards was not only super imaginative and impressive, especially considering the time and I'm sure the budget of a BBC show, but uh, it was just like, it was really funny. Season three, episode one, I was blown away. And I think watching, uh, there was plenty of funny parts about the the pilot and I'm glad that I watched it. So uh, all in all, I think I'll be watching more. I thought it was, uh, that definitely uh, turned me on to what uh, people must like about the show. Um, 
So I would say a, a good recommendation and uh, a great episode of uh, fun sci-fi comedy. Awesome. Glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> it it's, cool. it's literally, like I said, that my formidable years, that was the show that I grew up on. And I learned so many bad words and like insults that I normally wouldn't have known without, you know, without this show. Um, but this episode always gets me with how simple it is, but how funny it is. But for me, this episode is all about the one joke. It's literally a th- almost a 30 minute episode just for that payoff at the end. <laughs> you like, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's fun. It's a fun bit of, you know, they're doing really gross poo humor, but it's uh, done in a very English way. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I don't, like, all I know is I don't see how Quantum Leap does an episode like this. Oh, man, but can you imagine if it did? <laughs> I'd, I'd be impressed. I'd be like, well, you know, good on them. But, like, just, I would just be, you know what I'd be waiting for is I'd be waiting for the, you know, oh, well, when does he suck poop back into himself? Does it? <laughs> Do 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 do. <laughs> Scott Bagula quit the show. It's <laughs> 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 the last title card. <laughs> <laughs> how bad? Bad could it have been, Ziggy? Jeez, boop 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 boop. well awesome thank you for humoring me about going down memory lane uh and checking out the show like i said i am glad you enjoyed it um i'm glad that you're glad uh i said thank you before when you said you're glad that i enjoyed it i don't know where that came from Uh, thank you for your gladness uh, you know, trying and trying to bring positivity and put that out in the world, and you know, but sure. I mean, uh, you know, I'm more importantly, co- I'm closer to Canada now, and I can't stop it. Uh, sorry, thank you. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I just was trying to have uh, someone else I could share scatological humor with at the finest <laughs> degree, and this was it. It surely was. Oh, fantastic. Well, I guess that's going to do it for us for another week of Pop Saga. So let's get into everybody's favorite part of the show. It's time for acknowledgments. Um, and, uh, hey, would you like someone to make actually good music for you <laughs> in contrast with what you just heard? Uh, yes. Fantastic. Well, I have got the person for you. His name is Burton M6, and you can find the link to his Fiverr page in our show notes. And if you liked our theme song, you know exactly what to expect. Awesome stuff. And how about joining the discussion? Uh, do you want to? Uh, let, let's just, let's just stop for a second. Have you? Did you just watch this uh, or listen to this episode? And you're like, I can't get enough of these two guys. I need more. Well, good news. It's the, we've got exactly what you need. It's called the Pop Saga Discord. That's right. You can join it. Anyone can join it. It's open to anyone and everyone. So please join up. There's like a couple people in there. You could have yeah. a fun discussion with them and maybe not us. Oh, or maybe us. We're on there all the time. Uh, you know where we're not on all the time? <laughs> it's our social media. But you could still uh, join that and follow us on that too. It's uh, at the Pop Saga at uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. We don't do Facebook, but if you want to make a Facebook group and tell us about it, go for it. Um, and of course, you could always contact us the old-fashioned way. That's right. No, not telegraphs. You went too far. Come back, come forward a little bit. It's email. That's right. Popsaga at gmail.com is the address. You can send in suggestions 
uh, shows you'd like to hear, the things you'd like to hear a show about. Someday we'll do that. We'll have you. will you. You tell us what to review, and then we'll do it, and we'll not like it, and you'll be mad, and then we'll be in a fight. I don't know. I don't like how that turned out. So let's maybe workshop that a little bit. Um, and of course, there's our uh, merch store. You can go there if you want to donate directly to this podcast and ensure it's ongoing uh with such ongoing production with such high production values as you can tell from this episode um and uh with that said what we like to say at the end of every week we hope that wherever you are however you choose to listen to us that you are feeling happy and you are feeling healthy and of course we'll see you through your ears next week is that weird a little bit Remember, folks, I want to lie, shipwrecked and comatose, drinking fresh mango juice. Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip-hop. From the roots, Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we gotcha. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh, yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga.